Good morning, good people. My name is Nicole Dunning, and I'm your host of the Black Girl Budget Podcast. The Black Girl Budget Podcast has an international audience with listeners from Finland, the United Kingdom, the Bahamas, Serbia, and Qatar, to name a few. Welcome to Season 3, which is all about the financial tools we need to budget for today and tomorrow. If you're just joining us in Season 3, we've had amazing collaborations and discussions about high-yield savings accounts, retirement accounts, and emergency funds. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when a new episode drops. With over 25,000 downloads, the Black Girl Budget Podcast is on Amazon, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. So the Black Girl Budget website is up and running, and it looks amazing. I mean, I am a little biased because I built and created the website myself, but if you haven't taken a look at the website, you should today. Like, I need y'all to go look at that. (laughs) The website is blackgirlbudget.com, and on there you can grab free resources or purchase resources, or you can schedule a consultation with me. You can also subscribe to the newsletter as well. Now, this month's newsletter went out to about 1,100 people, actually a little more than that. Um, If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, remember, the newsletter is free. You can also subscribe to the premium newsletter, but you'll receive monthly budgeting tips, industry news, discount codes, and so much more. Now, today we're talking about accountability partners. Our financial journey can be very challenging from time to time. It can also call for celebration from time to time, and you want to be able to share with someone other than your dog. (laughs) So consider getting an accountability partner you can talk to about your financial journey. This person can be your parents, your siblings, your bestie, your partner, or anyone you want, honestly. You really just want to make sure it's someone that you trust. So this might actually just being like, your best friend, or maybe it could be a sorority member, or maybe it could be a cousin, someone you trust and someone that you talk to pretty regularly. So let's just talk about what is an accountability partner. It's someone who agrees to support you by cheering you on during your financial journey. You define your goals and they offer encouraging words to keep you going, or they give you the side eye when they notice you may be spending more than your goals can afford. And personally, I appreciate the side eye because my accountability partners know sometimes I forget where we're trying to go. Okay, I forget the goals. (laughs) So just remember that this person is not here to bail you out of your financial decisions that have negatively impacted you, but they can lend a listening ear when your financial decisions don't pan out or when something unexpected has set you back. This is so important. You don't want to try to use your accountability partner as a bank or as an IOU. This is just someone who's literally here offering you free support and encouragement. Now, when you're thinking of who you want to be your accountability partner, think of people who have some of these characteristics, traits, qualities, whatever you want to call them. So first and foremost, trustworthy. Not only can you trust this person and share your journey with them, but you can trust that they won't tell anyone else about your successes or losses. This is important. Your AP should not be sharing your financial information with anyone without your permission, no matter how juicy it is. Okay, I know sometimes things happen and it's just like, girl, the tea is hot. I got to tell my mama, but they should not be sharing your information. You also want someone who is 
objective and non-judgmental and the objective part might be a little hard to get but you certainly want someone who's non-judgmental your ap should not impose their own feelings their own feelings onto your goals success or losses because of their own history or their current financial situation you want someone who can listen to what you said listen to what you said and not how they feel about their finances in comparison to yours. So one of my AP partners, I know for a fact, has more money in their emergency fund than I have. I think they've got like twice as much, right? I, I don't personally feel any way about my own emergency fund, but I also don't feel any kind of way about their emergency fund in comparison to mine. So when they say, oh my gosh, I just added another $2,000 or $5,000, I'm literally here to support and encourage like, yes, we're that much closer to the goal. We're that much closer to where you want to be. What I'm not saying is, oh, my gosh, maybe you shouldn't be adding that much. Or, you know, I'm not secretly in my mind a little jealous or upset. They have more in their emergency fund than I do. So you want someone who is objective. You also want someone who is non-judgmental. You want someone who is not going to judge you for the decisions you make. So whether or not they agree with your decisions or whether or not they believe you should have made that particular decision, they're just there to offer you objective advice. They're not trying to say, oh, my gosh, like, why would you even do that? That's so dumb. That's so stupid. Immediately fire your accountability partner if they ever use those words. Immediately fire. And then let them know, Black Girl Budget told me to fire you. So take it up with her. Okay, no, like you do not want an accountability partner who is going to use negative words or hurtful words or try to tear you down. That's not what this is for. You want someone who is trying to build you up and just to keep you on track. That's it. Not hard. Um, the other thing, which which takes us into our next point, you want someone who is positive and encouraging. If you're down, you want your AP to still be up, right? Financial journeys can be very tough for some of us, and we want our accountability partner to be encouraging when we can't encourage ourselves, when we cannot motivate ourselves or inspire ourselves. We want someone who can offer words of advice or words of encouragement, support, and inspiration. Like, don't come down here with me and soak with us lift us up out of this laser, right? Like, give me some words that I could grab onto. And this is important when, you know, I, I had someone DM me um, maybe like a couple of weeks ago and they were like, you know, I have a goal. I'm trying to reach that goal, but I just had an emergency. And so it set me back a few months. And I'm like, yeah, it set you back. But like, what was a lesson in this emergency? What did we learn from this situation? Is this an emergency that might pop up again that you can better prepare for is there some kind of solution that you can prevent this emergency from happening again like how can we use this setback to better prepare us for the future with our finances i try to remind people you know we have goals right we have goals and we have plans and sometimes god is gonna laugh at those goals and those plans and be like nah i got something else for you but you got to figure out like what can I learn from this journey? How can I grow from this situation? There's always a lesson in everything. No matter how painful it is, there is always a lesson in everything that happens. So just keep in mind, 
You want someone who's positive and encouraging, someone who can maybe pull the lesson out or give a different perspective, even when something is not going your way, right? Maybe you thought you could put in an extra $500 into your investments, but you realize, oh my gosh, this extra bill came out of nowhere and it's taking up half of that $500. What's the lesson in that thing? Like, how will that bill better your life or how will paying it off you know, help your financial situation. That's something that you want your accountability partner to be able to pull out. Like, how can we look at the bright side of this situation? You also want someone who is communicative. Like, I cannot stress this enough. You need someone who is going to be able to communicate with you because your accountability partner is going to have their own things going on. And some days, You may both be disappointed or sad about something going on in your respective lives. Your AP should be able to say to you, hey, Nikki, I'm going through something today. I know you are too. I'm not as available as I'd like to be to you. So can we talk about this maybe next week or the week after? Or, you know, can I hit you up when I'm in a better place to talk about this? You don't want to overwhelm your accountability partner with your emotions, feelings, wins, losses, when they're already overwhelmed with their own. So be respectful of that. And if you recognize that your accountability partner is maybe going through something, acknowledge that like, hey, I don't want to overstep, but you know, I see you might be going through something. So maybe we'll just Save my stuff until next month. We'll circle back and I'll let you know how the progress is going. Don't be offended by that. Like, keep in mind that other people are living life and life is happening all around us. So don't be offended that maybe your accountability partner is not available right at that moment when you need someone to celebrate with or you need someone to encourage you or you need someone to give you some sound advice. Maybe they're on vacation. Maybe it's anniversary. Maybe they're just asleep and they don't want to be bothered. <laughs> but, but they should be able to communicate that to you. And even if they don't communicate that, maybe you can step in and say, hey, I know you didn't say anything, but I just want to make sure it's okay that we still talk about my stuff because I remember you told me that you have some stuff going on. So be respectful of that as well. Um, and this, this, this last point that I'm going to give y'all is very important. They need to be capable of giving good advice, sound advice, reasonable advice. Like, I'm just give y'all an example. I had a friend who was fairly new to her own finances. And this was, this was years ago. So we were like early 20s. She was fairly new to her own finances. And she was getting advice from her aunt. And so one day we happened to be talking about credit scores. And she said that her aunt told her in order to build her credit score, she needed to buy a car. Like, that was the way to build credit, is to buy a car, period. And so, at this time, my friend was not in a position to afford a car or the maintenance and insurance that comes with cars, so she decided that she just wouldn't have credit until she was able to buy a car. You want someone who can offer sound advice and or alternatives when you need them or when you request them, right? And I'm not saying that your accountability partner has to be, you know, the most equipped financial advisor in the world. But if someone says, hey, how can I build my credit or how can I increase my credit? There are some basic fundamentals that that we all should know, right? Like in order to increase credit scores, pay down debt, pay your bills on time, 
like those are some things that are pretty easy to just kind of throw out there right you don't need someone who's going to be able to give you like the intricacies of investments and all this other stuff you just need someone who's going to say oh have you thought of this or what about that and this is when you're asking for advice because you may have an accountability partner who you don't ask for advice right you're just like here's my goal here's my progress today I really want to take this money and go spend it on something else please bring me back to reality right so it it really does depend on what your expectations are so based on those qualities there should be a picture forming of who your potential accountability partner or partners could be. Because remember, you can have more than one. I actually have four of them. Once you have an idea of who you think could be your partner, you all should discuss expectations. And to really define what your accountability partner's purpose is, you all should discuss each of your expectations. So keep in mind that your AP might have expectations of you too. And so here are five things that you guys should probably discuss So like I mentioned earlier, is your accountability partner there just to say, hey, keep going. You're doing great so far. Your progress is amazing. Or is your accountability partner also going to offer you some advice for little questions like, hey, do you think I should send an extra payment toward my mortgage? Or do you think I should just wait and send half payments and pay off a credit card? You know, those are some questions that you can ask an accountability partner, but you want to set that expectation up front. So here's some things that you all should talk about. How are you all going to communicate about your your goals and your progress? Is this something that you all can text about? Do you plan to have a meeting with them every month to share your goals and progress? Is it something that you all can just discuss as it happens? With my four APs, if something good or bad happens, I usually text them or call them. Um, Or if we're already on the phone and we're talking about something else, I might bring up a financial win if it's relevant. So we're probably going to talk about this throughout the week, throughout the day. I might call them and say, y'all won't believe what just happened. Right. So, you know, just discuss what is the communication looking like? And do they expect you to support them as well and serve as their accountability partner? Is it a two way street? or a one-way street. This is important to know because they may want you to hold them accountable as well. Um, Are you ready for that? (laughs) Like, are you ready to hold someone accountable? Or they may not want you to hold them accountable. So maybe they won't be sharing their goals and progress with you. Is that going to offend you or will you be okay with that? What are some of the boundaries that you all have? And this is really good to think of scenarios that could make either of you feel uncomfortable and discuss how to avoid those kind of scenarios. And there should definitely be a expectation and a boundary of privacy. There's no reason to give out personal information when you're really just focused on the goals and the progress. For example, if you post something on social media, like let's say you post, oh, I'm going on vacation, you're accountability partner should not comment on your post and say hey what about your goal of xyz right so you want to make sure that the privacy is there like they're not just shouting out what your goals are and your progress are to the heavens without your permission Um, but you also want a boundary of like i said when do we discuss these things can we talk about this on social media under my post is this only just between me and you that's going to be very important to know because what may seem private to some of us may not be considered private to all of us. So definitely discuss that boundary of discomfort um, and privacy. Now, what does it look like for them to hold you accountable? Do you expect them to text you and say, hey, 
don't forget your goal is xyz so you know keep working towards it is it a phone call where they call you and say sis i noticed that you got a lot of amazon packages coming like what are we doing right so so is it a phone call? Is it a text message? What would you consider to be nagging or overbearing? And what would you consider to be the complete opposite? Like detached or maybe just disregarding the fact that they're your accountability partner. And what's your celebration expectation? Are we going out for brunch, lunch? Do we get high five emojis like the girls need to know? <laughs> How are we celebrating? Am I celebrating with you at all? is a, a good question like what is what is my expectation of that and what is their expectation of that like are they going to take you to lunch do they not plan on taking you to lunch or is it just great job what's the next goal definitely discuss that now let's talk about why we might need an accountability partner they're actually good for everyone honestly whether you're disciplined or not having someone to talk to about your financial journey is always helpful since we're looking for an objective person, they can give us an unbiased perspective of your goals and progress. They can also provide motivation and inspiration and sound advice when you aren't sure which approach you want to take. So there's so many reasons to have an accountability partner. I mean, honestly, set your goals, set your expectations, and then utilize that opportunity to really progress through your goals and get closer to where you want to be financially. If you have a partner, like romantic partner, they can also serve as your accountability partner as well. In fact, I actually recommend that you and your partner be each other's APs because finances are a major part of relationship. You and your partner likely each have your own goals and you likely have joint goals together and supporting and encouraging each other will make your successes that much sweeter. I plan to go into detail about this some more on the YouTube channel because I received a lot of comments, a lot of comments on my TikTok posts that couples are not discussing their finances on a weekly or monthly basis. And I have a lot of words about that, y'all. <laughs> like, I got a lot of words. So you can subscribe to the YouTube channel to make sure you don't miss it. I'm not sure when I'll be dropping that video, but it's something I really want to discuss with you all because... In, in my TikTok post, which at this point I think has over 50,000 views and several comments, um, a lot of people are very shocked that I would recommend that partners talk to each other on a monthly or weekly basis about their finances. And I, I want you all to understand how important that is. So I'll go into detail about that more. Now, we know how we can benefit from having an accountability partner. We know what we're looking for in an accountability partner. And we're prepared to set expectations and boundaries. So how do we ask someone to be our accountability partner? It's actually really simple. Explain to them that you have a goal. You like to have someone keep you accountable for reaching that goal. Let them know why you want them as opposed to someone else to be your accountability partner. And this is where you can use those characteristics I mentioned earlier. Objective, non-judgmental, trustworthy. All of that is going to be used to explain why you think they'd make a great accountability partner for you. And then let them know what would your expectations be, what your boundaries are. And if you want, you can even offer to be their account accountability partner if you'd like to, you know, have this be a two-way street. If you're not ready for that, then let them know. But you can always offer it. 
This doesn't have to be a formal discussion, by the way, because you'll probably ask someone you already know and trust. Just make sure that you let them know why you want them to be your accountability partner, how you think it might help you, and then what your expectations and boundaries are. So they know, okay, do do I have time to get to this? Or do I even want to? Or are we already doing this? Like, that's something else that your accountability partner may say. is like, girl, we've been best friends for 10 years. You tell me all of your goals and your progress. So we're already accountability partners. And then, you know, go from there and just keep them updated with your goals. Make sure that if you are asking someone to be your accountability partner, that you are not wasting their time and that you are following up on your goals, tracking your progress and letting them know like, okay, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Or, wow, I really had a setback. What do you think? Like, you know, if if someone offers to be your AP, definitely utilize that opportunity to the best of your abilities because you don't want to just have one and then waste people's time. Like, definitely use all of the use all the resources that are given to you okay all right let's move into new business so the newsletter went out last week um, with monthly budgeting tips and for tip number one here are some of the things i think you all should immediately look into excessively eating out unnecessary subscriptions and redundant subscriptions cable y'all I think a good majority of us are done with cable, but some of you did comment on my Instagram this week to let me know that you still use cable. Cable can still work for some of us. And and I mean, some of us are actively using cable. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're using cable, a lot of us have to use it because it's tied to a landline that we need. If you're using cable, you're paying for it. It's in the budget. You can afford it. That's great. A good majority of us probably are using a lot of streaming services now. And so we're not necessarily using cable. So if you're not using the cable, just cut it. Just get rid of it and use your streaming services. But for those of us who are like, no, no, I totally still use it. Nothing wrong with cable. Just make sure it's not an like unused bill or some unused expense that you really don't need. Um, also looking to unused gym memberships. <laughs> Someone said uh, on my IG that, no, we should just be using our memberships. And that's fine. If you're using the membership, absolutely keep it. If you recognize I have a membership, but I'm really not motivated to go to the gym, then cancel the gym membership and work out at home. Like there's so many YouTube channels and TikTok videos that y'all can use to work out at home for the free. Um, Let's see. Unnecessary brand names, Amazon purchases. There's nothing wrong with buying things from Amazon. Just make sure that the amount of things you buy from Amazon are within budget. Okay, that's the important part. Um, Unnecessary phone upgrades. If your phone is fine right now, don't spend all the money trying to upgrade it. Expensive gifts to other people. Remember, we are not trying to impress other people or show off. We are just trying to stick to the budget. Impulsive purchases, late and overdraft fees. So we had some family come into town um, last night, actually, and I am very excited to use the popsicle molds that we got. I know I keep mentioning this, but I'm very excited to use them. You guys can still grab some from the Amazon storefront and use them for either a date night or budget-friendly activity with family like I will be doing. Uh, Don't forget, you can submit a question to be answered on the podcast, and you can do that on the Black Girl Budget website. And this week, I did get a question. Someone DM'd me and asked, how many accounts should we have? I use my emergency fund to get my car fixed and for emergencies and to save for a house. I need to regroup. Please help me. I have a PT. I think they meant a part-time job, but I'm not sure. 
Um, should that go into a separate account? Also, I put my regular savings from my full-time job into the same account. How should I split it? I do have a separate Amex high-yield savings account, but I don't know what it's for and I haven't touched it. So right off the bat, it sounds like you definitely need a few different accounts. <laughs> I can't really give an in-depth answer though because I have several questions that would affect my answer. So I'd recommend scheduling a consultation through the Black Girl Budget website. What I can tell you based on what your message said is that it sounds like you need to give all of your accounts a specific purpose and goal. Sometimes we create challenges for ourselves by not being purposeful. So start there and see if that helps. I'd love to help you regroup. So when you schedule your consultation, we'll talk about your goals for the next six months, 12 months, two years, and five years. We'll also talk about your monthly expenses, your monthly income, and how much you have in your emergency fund right now. I put a lot of thought into helping you all during the consultations because there's so much that goes into being financially stable. And I know y'all are like, Nikki, just give a number, three accounts or five accounts. But even with a decision like this, it really does require you to understand where you're trying to go and the best strategy to get there. And that's my job. So that's why you guys schedule consultations with me. <laughs> Lastly, the podcast is now available on Google, Apple, and Amazon Podcasts, which means you get it on Audible now as well. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know when new episodes are available. I think we officially have 100 people who are following the podcast on Podbean. So make sure you follow, subscribe to the podcast. That will be the last episode for season three. And then I will be taking a two-week break. And then we will be back with season four. So make sure that you guys subscribe to the podcast. Also, stay tuned and I'll see you guys next week.